And uh, that's what I'm wanting to do today. We're just wanting to tell you, I'm going to tell you about my best friend, the Holy Spirit. And if you, uh, this is something you need to, need to be tracking on and progressing on. If you've not got the previous weeks, I really encourage you to go to our website. We have everything put up there. You can, get the, you can download the teaching notes. You can download everything off of our website. So you can catch up with weeks one and two. Because this series in particular builds. And today, we're going to be looking at uh, that uh, the Holy Spirit is my hookup. And so he, he brings gifts into my life. He hooks me up with the things that I need. The first week we were just talking about um, the Holy Spirit with a proper introduction. Uh, last week, what, did, what was our subtitle last week? So I'm telling you, the mission trip took a lot out of me. And, uh, but this week we are looking at the, uh, uh, the fact that the Holy Spirit is our hookup and brings gifts into our life. And today we're going to be looking at uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In the very first uh, week we talked about this, we wanted to make sure that everybody understood that since I'm introducing you to my best friend, the Holy Spirit, some of y'all are very acquainted with and is your best friend as well, that, uh, you know, first and foremost is, is the, the Holy Spirit's my best friend. He's not weird. He's not weird. All right? So we can embrace the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives without this concern that the Holy Spirit's going to come in and make us be strange and make us have to be weird. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. The Holy Spirit comes in and is a helper and is a comforter in our lives. And this week we are looking at one of the key ways the Holy Spirit does that, and it is through the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So as you've grabbed your notes, we're going to go ahead and just jump off there. Here's our jump off line I've given us. Jesus told us that it is so much better for us that he goes away so that the Holy Spirit will come to us. We need to make sure that we're not ignoring the gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to bring into our lives. This is so easy for us because the Holy Spirit does things on a supernatural level. Okay? Which this should not, it should not surprise us that there are things that are, that are, that are supernatural because we serve a supernatural God. This should not be strange to us that God would operate like this and that God would want to do things through the Holy Spirit in our lives. Well, these gifts can, are referred to in the Greek, when we go back to the Greek of the, of the, that the New Testament was written in, is charisma. Now, there are a lot of churches that have the badge charismatic. And so, and the reason they embrace that, that term and they call themselves charismatic is because they, they embrace the flow of the gifts of the Spirit, that the gifts of the Spirit are alive today. Now, the word charisma, we hear somebody say, you know, that a speaker has a lot of charisma and all this. But when you really get back to it, this is a hardcore Bible word. Charisma is, and there in your notes, I've provided you with it broken down. Uh, charisma is charis plus ma and Charis, and there's a, and you'll run into more and more girls named Charis, spelled just like this, C-H-A-R-I-S. And it simply means grace. It is the Greek word for grace. But then when you add the ma on the end of it, it changes it into a gift. Which, of course, every gift, if it's a true gift, is an act of grace. Gifts you don't earn. Gifts somebody give you. So this is like this double meaning 
of grace. But it is the, they are the grace gifts. These are something that you earn. This is something that God in His love brings into our lives at a place where we are in need of these things. Now, our jump off scripture for here is 1 Corinthians 12.1. And here he is uh, written to the uh, Corinthian church. Paul has written to the Corinthian church. And uh, he wants to make sure he's addressing them. A lot of scholars believe that he's actually answering a letter that the Corinthian church has written him. And because over and over again, in fact, six times throughout this letter, he'll say, now concerning. In the NIV translation that I prefer, it says, now about. Now, that's kind of a funny way to start a sentence, other than the fact when you understand that he's more than likely answering some questions that they have presented to him. And he's just going line upon line, boom, 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 answering these questions that this church in Corinth had. Now, the church in Corinth, we have to understand, was not a church built out of Jews who had embraced their Messiah. And so where the original disciples and the original believers were Jews who had embraced their Messiah, their promised king. And then as we move forward in Acts, that we see that, that, uh, that they began to take the news of Jesus to people who were not of Jewish descent. That the good news was for everybody. Okay? The Corinthian church was made up of people who had been non-Jews. They had been serving all other types of gods and whatnot. So they were not coming from a Jewish mindset. They were coming from this outside of knowing anything about God or the law or any of that. And so Paul writes from that perspective. And I love it here because so many times we can, what we, what we don't know, we, we fear. And, uh, and so Paul is jumping right in the middle of this. And we're going to start there with verse 1. It says, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Me as pastor of this church, about spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. And so uh, we are going to go over these. There are nine of them. In the next 20, 25 minutes, we are not going to be able to go in depth. And so we are going to be able to just present what they are and, and whatnot, but we're not going to be able to go in depth. Hopefully at another time we'll be able on, um, we'll be able to go in depth, but we're just going to present so we have a, a basic understanding about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, we did not have room in your notes because we were just packed so much. You're going to have to read this on the screen. We're going to get into 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11. And uh, this is a little further down in that chapter. And it says, Now to each one... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Here you go. You've got to understand this immediately. The gifts of the Spirit are about the common good. They're not about the, the person through whom the, maybe the gift comes. They're about the common good. They're to build us up. They're to make us better. They're to help us in our growth curve in Christ. Remember, we're, we're hardcore here at Celebration Church about moving forward. These, are, these gifts help us to move forward. And that's what they are about. And they're given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit, through the Spirit, the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, 
distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. Now, I, what I want, because we have people from all spectrums here. We have people who, are, who come from an a upbringing that this was very much embraced. And very much embraced. I also, I want to tell you that used to, it used to be a pretty radical. But right now, when, when, the, when the world as a whole is polled, okay, the number one group of people who call themselves Christians, the number one group of people who call themselves Christians in the world is still the, are still Catholics. They're the number one collective group. But believe it or not, the number two group, which they group together with, with, with Pentecostal and, and Charismatic people who believe in the gifts, that is the number two group of Christians in the entire world. There are 500 million people who identify themselves as people who believe that the gifts of the Spirit are still in operation today. That group is the fastest growing group of believers on the face of the planet. This is not a radical fringe thing for people to believe that the gifts of the Spirit are still for today. This is very much something that the Spirit of God is doing in the body of, of Christ as a whole. Okay? also want to go ahead and make it, before we get into these things, is that some of you may have said, okay, you, you're like, okay, you know, Pastor Brandon, I'm, I'm going to walk with you on this, but I've, I've kind of seen some of this, and I was kind of turned off by it. Okay? I, I'm going to tell you, the, the Bible says that the... The, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So what, what does that mean? It means that the, the person who's operating in it, they're the one who's operating in it. It's not like the Holy Spirit takes over them and their personality or, their, or who they are goes away. No, it's different. it flows through that channel. And so many times when people are immature in something, they can get excited about it and begin to... The only word I can say is to allow their own personality and flesh to begin to taint it. And can, can then leave a, an aftertaste, if you will, that maybe isn't, isn't pleasant. Maybe we, we, that you didn't like it. And so you heard somebody who maybe operated in one of these gifts. And you're like, you know, I don't, I don't know. That kind of left a funny aftertaste. So I'm going to throw the whole thing out. Well, we don't do that with the other things, because we understand that somebody can be spirit-led in giving, right? And so somebody's operate and being spirit-led in giving, but we've also seen it when people have, have been giving, but they've done it to kind of puff themselves up or to kind of look good, and, 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 they, and then all of a sudden that leaves a negative taste. Like, ah, that just wasn't quite right. But we don't throw giving as something that God would do out and say, well, you know, because that person kind of gave for their own selfish benefit, um, well, then giving's just wrong. No, we don't do that because we understand that, embrace that. All of the gifts of the Spirit are that way. Anything that, that's the one awesome thing is God uses us, you and I. And sometimes if we get our own selfish motivations on there, we can present something in a way that maybe tints it a little bit. And it can turn some folks off. And so here we want to make sure that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We want to make sure we embrace the truth of what is here. And so as we get into these, 
these gifts, these grace gifts, because, man, I'm telling you, our lives can just, God wants to show up in our lives and to help us in so many different ways. Now, we're going to, for study's sake, we're going to break these, these up into three groups, okay? Now, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, not completely bizarre to me to have the gifts broken up into three groups, you know? My, my wife has three major groups of gifts she likes, so, you know, you got the, the, the gifts made of fabric, you know, she can wear. She likes to know the clothes gifts. No, she likes the gifts made with uh, stones and precious metals, you know, the, 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 the jewelry gifts, you know. And then she likes the, the furniture and uh, house type gifts. And so she's got her three main groups of gifts. And, and so here we are, we, the Holy Spirit has, uh, has uh, three basic groups of gifts as well. And the first group of gifts that we're going to look at, and there's three of each group, makes up the nine, uh, is the discerning gifts. Okay? They say discern. Ah, that sounds like a funny word. It just means you, uh, the knowing gifts, the, the, where, you under, where there's this understanding that comes. Okay? Now, these gifts begin to operate. A lot of times people think, well, how does this, how does this work? You know, does somebody all of a sudden, it's like their brain gets tuned in to God's like radio station and then you're just hearing it like, like a radio station in your head or something? How does this work? In my life, these gifts are more like me with my dad. When I spent time with my dad and I began to dis- be able to learn and distinguish whenever he was, whenever he was speaking. And my dad would whistle. And I bet a lot of y'all had parents who could whistle. And some of y'all had that... I mean, we're like, bust your eardrums. I mean, everybody for blocks knew somebody was being called home. My dad did not have that whistle. He had this little faintish whistle. And I guess he thought it was like this loud whistle. But if I did not come home when that whistle was blown, when he blew that whistle, I was getting in trouble. So I'd be a couple of blocks down, and we'd be playing with my buddies. And then all of a sudden... I put, and I said, my dad just whistled, I need to go. And they're like, dude, you are so lying. Did anybody hear a whistle? No, no, you, dude, you're, you're totally lying. And usually because we were, we were playing football or something, and I wasn't very athletic, so I was always losing. So they always thought I was a bad loser. And then I was just finding this excuse to leave instead of just getting whooped all over the place. And, um, but it wasn't. And I would go in, and man, they'd put this little seed of doubt in my head. And maybe, you know, maybe I didn't really hear him. And I go, dad, did you whistle? Every time, yep, I whistled, it's time to eat, or we're about to go to the store, or whatever. And nobody else really recognized it, but because I spent time with my daddy, and I knew that that was for me, I recognized that, okay? This, these gifts are something you can grow in, okay? It's something you begin to spend time with the Spirit of God, and begin to decide, okay, I need to begin to pay attention for this. Nobody else cared about paying attention for it, so they didn't hear it. But I cared about paying attention to that whistle because I didn't want to get a whooping. And so, so I paid attention and I heard the whistle. And this is how we grow in it. So we're going to go ahead and track through these, these discerning gifts. And we've got here just a little definition for you to take home with you. you I really encourage you, if you're like, I need some more study on this, please study it. The Bible is just rich with a thing to help you understand these. But the first one is a message of knowledge, or also known as a word of knowledge in, in some circles. And it's simply to know something specific without having learned it by natural means. And um, we see an example of this with Jesus. And you're like, oh, okay, well, this is Jesus. Of course he can do this. I want you to understand, 
Jesus, everything he did in his natural ministry here, he did not do it as God. He did it as a, as a man operating with the Spirit, trusting the Father. He, he did it being an example to you and I. He didn't set this bar because he's God we can't live to. He did it. He put off that and did it. It showed us how, how to live. So here we are in John chapter 4. It says, and uh, he's talking to the woman at the well, the story of the woman at the well. It says, and he told her, go call your husband and come back. She says, I have no husband. And Jesus replied, said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have said is absolutely quite true. You don't have a husband. And she was just blown away because there was no way for Jesus to have known this in the natural. They did not do a big print up of her in the paper. The woman with the five husbands that shacked up with the guy down the street. They, they, that wasn't it. She, he knew it by the, by the Holy Spirit. And over and over again, the Holy Spirit wants to bring their times that we need to know something we don't know. But the Holy Spirit knows all truth and was given to us to guide us into all truth. And we can look to the Holy Spirit and say, you know what? You know, I, I need some help here. You know, we're pretty used to Googling it. If we don't know, we just Google it. You know, as believers, we have another tool that's more powerful than Google. And we can go, uh, you know, Holy Spirit, I need some help here. And there have been time and time again in my life where God has just directed me, whether it was for me or for somebody else, you know. And if somebody, if God speaks into your heart, you know, that all of a sudden that there's this word of knowledge that's going to help somebody else out, you know, you don't have to be, remember, Holy Spirit isn't weird. We don't have to do this. Some people think, you know, you've got to get your preacher voice on. Go, oh, thus saith the Lord, yonder cutie. I have this word of knowledge for you. No, you can just say it. Just say, you know, here's, here's what's up. And just share it conversationally. It doesn't, we don't have to be, the, you don't have to create this little churchy identity. It's, God does not do that. We, for some reason, create these, these frameworks. The next one is the distinguishing between spirits, a.k.a. the discerning of spirits. And it's to be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. You're like, okay, this one's kind of freaking me out here. I don't like talking about demonic spirits and that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? The Bible says we have an enemy. That enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that enemy does have a group of <clears throat> demonic angels who have assignments from that number one enemy that wants to till, still kill and destroy in our lives. And so the gift of the discerning of spirit is, is a wonderful wonderful gift to take place in our lives because a lot of times we'll have this repetitive thing going on in our life and we're like man what's going on i'm doing this i'm doing that and a lot of times not every time and we have to be careful make sure we're not trying to find some demon under every rock and all this stuff and people can blow this out of proportion so easily but there are times where there is a, an assignment from the enemy and the gift of the discerning of spirits reveals what that specific attack is going and then we can use the authority that we have in christ to deal with it it's not something that's big and spooky and all of a sudden you know you gotta turn the lights down low and light some candles and now we want the discerning spirit no that's 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 no it's just something that the holy spirit does and you know and just like and the the gifts are all the product okay 
the gifts are all the product. The, the Holy Spirit, the gift of a word of knowledge is that piece of knowledge you needed. It's not just this latent little ability to do that. The Holy Spirit possesses that ability. I don't possess that ability. The Holy Spirit possesses that ability. But then he operates in my life to produce that gift. The end result is the gift itself. That gift of knowing what spirit is I'm dealing with so I can pray effectively. That's the gift of the discerning of spirits. It's all revealing. This is what needs to happen. There in Acts chapter 16, verse 16, we see, Once we were going to the place of prayer... We were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. And she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. They recognized what was up. They realized this was not a scam. There are fortune tellers, you know, it's just a scam. But they realized, wow, this wasn't it. This, this, This young lady had a spirit by which she was doing this. And then they dealt with that because of that. Then we have the message of wisdom also known as a word of wisdom. And it is a divine answer or solution for a particular event. There are times we come up against things that we just, we just bust our heads against and we can't find an answer. And that the, the Holy Spirit will begin, can begin to reveal at the answer of what is happening. And so of, of a solution so we could do it. That's what wisdom does. Wisdom helps us choose correctly. Wisdom helps us make good decisions. And this word of wisdom helps us to have the, the uh, answers to problems. I, I've seen this in my own life happen over and over again. Anybody who's ever had any kind of, like somebody come to them with this issue in their life and have some kind of a counseling type scenario, and you're like, oh, Lord, please help me. You know, I am in over my head. You know, help me. This person has come to me. And you're sitting there and you're visiting and then all of a sudden, this, this, it just, this thing just, and you just realize, you know it's not you. In fact, as you're saying it over and over again, I wanted to bust out my notebook and begin to take notes of what was coming out of my own mouth because this was not something I already knew. This was something that was, this was, the Holy Spirit was given an answer to this person's uh, issue through me because I was like, Holy Spirit, we need some help here. And it's like, wow, that's brilliant. Well, of course, it's God. He's a genius. And, you know, and I wanted to, you know, sit here and take notes over what's coming because I didn't know it. It wasn't me. Oh, thank you for that answer. That answer was not from me. That answer was from the Holy Spirit. I was as clueless as you were when we sat down talking. I was lost as you. But thank goodness for the charis gifts the charisma because we needed a gift of an answer to the issue and the holy spirit produced it in our lives that is simply what it is we don't it doesn't have to be presented with pomp and circumstance and 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 silliness people can do it and it doesn't it doesn't remove the fact that if it's from god it's still the truth you know somebody wants to go to their closet and put on their red jacket before they say it that doesn't mean it's all of a sudden it didn't come from god you know somebody's just being funny and putting on a red jacket i don't know why they're doing that but it is you know if it comes from god it's from god but we don't have to be silly with it john chapter 9 verse 29 through 32 says we know that god spoke to moses but as for this fellow we don't even know where he comes from so this is where the uh uh 
the Sanhedrin people are quizzing the guy who was miraculously healed, the, the uh, lame man. And the man answered, now that's remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody's ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Now this guy wasn't trained, but these guys are attacking Jesus and the miracle. And this guy, this untrained guy, gives this answer that totally silences them. Their retort was, well, you're a sinner. I mean, that sounds like some schoolyard deal. You're a boogie boy. What? No. He totally shut him up because the wisdom with which he spoke, there was no answer for it. uh, Then the last group is, or the next group is the the middle group. Woo! The declarative gifts. The number one is prophecy. And it's a message of encouragement from God through a person to a person or persons. Okay? Uh, I just want to tell you, I'm, this, I'm a benefit of receiving this um, on multiple occasions. It's not a don't get this, you know, once a year or something like that, but as needed. But I'm telling you, I would be involved in politics right now instead of ministry. But I showed up at my boss, drug me to some church service. I went to that church one time ever in my life. He took me to this church service. I went in there. I was a landscaper. I was dirty. I'd been wet, using, mixing manure. I stunk. I was stained. I just was wearing old ratty clothes. I didn't look like I was some young 20-year-old punk kid and didn't look like any kind of minister or anything. And this guy who was ministering, he just pointed me out. And he told me that God wanted to use me for pastoral ministry. And so, and what was funny is that God had already been speaking that into my heart. And here's this guy confirms it. This guy never saw again. And all of a sudden, then I began to pray and say, okay, God, is this really what you want for my life? And I began to shift. I was like, yeah, God, this is, this is what you want for my life. And he began to confirm it through other ways. But it's always this place of encouragement and telling this, and this is about telling what's, what's going to be taking place. It's projected. It's not this right now moment. It's this projected thing. And how many of us would like a little, need a little guidance every once in a while about what what's lays ahead? Well, guess what? We have the Holy Spirit who can do that and speak, and He can speak it directly to your heart. A lot of times He'll use other people. That's why the body of Christ is so important. If you go and isolate yourself, so many times you are isolating yourself from your answers. Because God wants to utilize some other piece of the body of Christ to bring it to you. That's why we need each other so much. But God can also speak this directly into your heart. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says, But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Again, prophecy is for, in strength, for encouragement and comfort. 1 Corinthians 14.31 <clears throat> For you can all prophesy, all of you. It's not just, this isn't, Something that's just held up for somebody who goes by the title of prophet. Okay? God can utilize this through any believer. Any of the gifts can operate through any believer. Okay? Because we all, the the Holy Spirit is within us. We embrace the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When we believe it and embrace it, it's a point of faith. God can operate any of those through any believer as long as we yield ourselves to it. The next one is tongues. 
And this is the one that freaks everybody out. This is all the divisive one, okay? I want you to know, while we were traveling, 2008, for those of y'all that don't know, we did a bunch of traveling. We visited a whole bunch of churches, all different kind of denominations. I came from my early roots were a church that embraced tongues. My church through junior high and high school did not embrace it. When I came here to, to go to uh, college, I got hooked up with a church that did embrace it as a gift. But everywhere I went, it was some sort of divisive thing. Well, as, as we traveled, I'd go into these different churches and find out, and I would just ask them, you know, what, what y'all stance as a church on this? And there were, we ran into so many churches that didn't fall in the category, you know, where you look in their little advertisement of the yellow pages and you find all those speaking in tongues churches because there are those categories in the yellow pages. They don't say that. You have to know the code words. And, um, <laughs> but they're there. They're there. And, um, and so and they did not fall under one of the code words. And, um, but yet you talk to them and... You'd find out, well, yeah, you know, you know, one church, you know, they had a church of about uh, 60 staff. And they said about half of us, you know, embrace the gifts of the Spirit and speak in tongues. And the other half don't. And, uh, but everybody's cool. You're like, everybody's cool with each other. And over and over and over again, as we went around, we found that this is just not as divisive as it used to be. People are beginning to see, you know, maybe I don't understand it. But I see it in the Word. The Bible clearly says, do not forbid speaking in tongues. Just don't do that. Okay. We ran across a wonderful little mainline denomination church that they had printed it in their bulletin. Don't speak in tongues. Seriously. And as a group, God just rebuked them. They didn't understand it. None of them did it. But they're like, uh, all right, um, we see this in the Bible. So they just discreetly removed it. And we're just going to quit forbidding it. Because the Bible says, don't forbid it. We don't understand that. Creeps us out a little bit. We don't know what it is. But we're not going to forbid it. And, um, and so, but really it's, it's not, it should not uh, be strange that the Holy Spirit, the God who knows every language, uh, that man speak in every language that the angels speak in languages that maybe not even developed yet um, would be able to communicate through any language God chooses to communicate. Um, my mother was at a prayer meeting one time and there was a group of it and it was all believers, okay, because I'm going to get into that in a minute on how that's important. It's all believers, all people who are informed um, and believe. And Anyways, and so and this lady was really seeking God. And my mother just begins to feel like she has this, 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 this gift right here, this message in tongues. And she just begins to speak it out. She doesn't know what's, what's going on. And then she's done. And, and uh, the Bible says if in a public setting, if there is tongues, there needs to be an interpretation. Otherwise, it's just babble to everybody. Nobody knows what in the world was said if there's no interpretation. And it just brings confusion. God's not the author of confusion. Well, later on, and so there was no interpretation. So my mom was like disturbed by that. She was like, okay, there should have been some sort of interpretation. Nobody, I, my mother didn't have an interpretation. Nobody spoke out an interpretation. So she was kind of feeling bad. Like maybe she had totally blown it there and kind of got in the flesh or something. Well, later on, she's talking to this lady. And this lady had been seeking God over something. And this lady was bilingual and spoke Spanish. My mother is as white as they come. She don't speak a lick of Spanish. Nothing. She could say see and no. And that's it. Burrito. And that's all. And 
my, my mother had been, and this lady totally got her answer from God clearly in Spanish through my mother. They did not speak any Spanish. And then later the lady comes up and goes, well, you know, I didn't know you spoke Spanish. And my mother's like, I don't speak Spanish. And so the lady just starts talking to her in Spanish to like, you know, seeing as my mom punking her or something. And, uh, and so, so my mom, I mean, just, woo, just, it doesn't speak a lick of it at all. This lady got her answer via this grace gift, okay? And the interpretation was there. My mom just didn't know it. Later on, she got the confirmation that she needed, eased her mind. She had done right. She had operated with the Spirit correctly. And so it's just something that can be of incredible benefit. You hear stories all the time of people on the mission field, and God prompts them. They're in places that have multiple languages. Maybe they know one, but there's like five dialects spoken there, and then they go up, and the Holy Spirit prompts them to begin to speak to somebody, and they're speaking, and they walk up to somebody. Can you imagine the boldness to walk up to somebody and begin to give a message and tell them you don't know them? And then they'll have conversations in this language. And God is speaking into this person's life via somebody who is bold enough to believe that God would actually want to do that. And so it's not something that's got to be weird. Now, in church, you're like, hey, I've been coming here for a long time. I've been coming this, and you're just now pulling this tongues card on me. You're freaking me out. Why are you doing this, Pastor Brandon? All of a sudden, you go on this mission trip and, and uh, get all weird on me? No. Guess what? I've spoken in tongues for a long, long time. Um, all of my... Uh, elders, they all do. Most of our key people do. The thing is, right, you've been here on Sunday mornings, it's because there's a conviction that we have out of the Word of God. And it says if there is a group and there are people who are uninformed and the unbelieving, and we'll just go ahead and look at it right here in 1 Corinthians 14. It says, so if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues, and some who do not understand, that's uh, another translation says the uninformed, Not that they don't understand the language, but the uninformed or some unbelievers come in. Will they not say that you're out of your mind? The Holy Spirit clearly says that people are going to think you're wackadoo if you're here on Sunday morning and they don't understand it and you're just speaking in tongues all over the place. Why? Because they're uninformed and they don't believe. This is something that is for, for people who embrace it and believe it. And so it clearly says when they're a group that is uninformed and unbelief, guess what? The reason that we're meeting in a movie theater is so the uninformed and the unbelieving show up. You know, it's not that we are squelching the Holy Spirit and that you don't hear a message in tongues and we're all squelching it. Guess what? The Holy Spirit wrote this. So you don't think he abides by his own rules? That's why Sunday mornings are the way they are. Okay? If we have a different meeting, and we will at times when, when <clears throat> we'll have other meetings that are geared for believers, these kind of things will begin to happen on a, on a, on a different basis. Why? Because it won't be those who are going to get freaked out by it or run off by it. God loves us. He's drawing people in. He's not trying to scare people off. And so that's why this happens. And it's not because we're squelching it or we don't believe in it or we're being some sort of you know, Holy Spirit sellouts or something on Sunday mornings? No. It's our conviction and our desire to be used by God to reach all people. That is why we operate as a church that way. Third one is interpretation of tongues. It's understanding and expressing. I'm so sorry I forgot to write those definitions in there for you. Somehow they were in my written notes and I didn't transcribe them to my type notes. Um, It's understanding or expressing the thought and intent 
of the message in tongues. And so, and I'd already just explained to you, you know, how there should be this interpretation. And it clearly says, let's go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians 14, 5. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. It doesn't get any clearer than that. But I would rather have you prophesy, because he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues. Not that there's this ranking. It says, unless he interprets, so that the church may be edified. Okay? The reason prophecy in group is better than the other is because everybody understands it. Okay? And everybody gets edified. But if an interpretation comes, well, then now everybody understands what was said, and we're edified, and we can be built up. Okay? Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. This is in public setting, public deal, done publicly. Okay? Now we're going to get into the dynamic gifts, or some people refer to these as the power gifts. Okay? Where the foundation for understanding that God would really want to do this comes from Jesus' mouth himself. John 14, 12 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Remember, in our week one, 14, 15, 16, and part of 17 of John, are Jesus talking to his disciples at the Lord's Supper. All those conversations happen at the Lord's Supper. And he is presenting to them how the Holy Spirit is going to be operating in their life. And then right in the middle of that, he drops this into them. I tell you the truth, anyone has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Now what have we been witnessing all through the Gospels Jesus doing? Healing people, miracles, all of those kinds of different things. And then he's telling them, guess what? This is, this is now going to be part of your assignment. These big things are going to begin to take place. John chapter 16 verse 7 says, I tell you the truth, for it is good for you that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So because the Holy Spirit has come, then these grace gifts will be able to continue to manifest here on the earth. Remember, and every gift is operated. It always comes back to us believing it, to a place of faith. We're going to quickly go through these. The gift of faith is a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. I tell you what, when somebody operates in this, it is just, it is just awesome. I was just told recently, I didn't know this story, but there's a, a family in our, in our congregation, in our church, that previously had gone through a real difficult issue. And the husband came down sick, sick, sick. And everybody was saying, this, all the doctors saying, this does not look good. And the wife or I believe it was a girlfriend at the time, and um, fiancé was like, who would just, world could have just been rocked and shaken, had this gift of faith. It was just dropped within her heart that this will not end in death, that he will live, he will get better. And it didn't matter what the vital signs did, it didn't matter. She stood there in the face of the doctors and all this stuff, and guess what? Alive and well, doing good to this day. But had somebody had to stand there saying, no, God's word is true. This is going to be all right. She had this gift, just couldn't be rocked. The gift of healings is a supernatural endowment of divine health. I'm telling you, we, sadly, we don't hear it in the U.S. as much as we should. Lots of people have ex- decided to say, why? 
ultimately it comes down to a place of faith is what it comes down to and we naturally lean on our hmos and our doctors and all of those different things and we don't really begin to lean on god until it gets real desperate and ugly and that's just i really think that's just the crux of it honestly why we don't see as many healings in the u.s okay you can argue with me with it if you want to but i really believe that's the core issue but it is still happening all the time every day people are supernaturally healed there's also the working of miracles and it is divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances we have another family here here who back in 1995 when the big tornado came through here everybody who was around back then then they had a working of a miracle in their life their home was completely destroyed except for the one closet that they were huddled in praying and they huddled inside a closet and the house was ripped away around them and all that was still they opened the door there was no home there was a slab and debris but as they were praying that was miraculous there's no reason why the closet got separated and stayed that is something miraculous there more so many people can testify to God's intervention on things miracles still happen to this day and when as we close up when we understand that the holy spirit wants us to wants to use us because see these gifts all happen through people whether it's through somebody praying and believing it they're receiving it somebody else presenting it but when we understand that the holy spirit wants to use us to present his gifts then we are open to both receive and deliver those gifts that transform lives we need to make sure that we do not exclude one of these wonderful things that the holy spirit wants to do in our lives and we don't have to be weird about it we don't have to be strange about it we don't have to go through a big healing ritual when we pray for healing we just pray for healing we just believe god and watch god move it's the truth it's just the truth Now, this morning, we want to give opportunity for the greatest miracle ever. 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 Greatest miracle ever.